are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, here to review another scintillating weekend of DC soccer. It's uh, it's 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 different. It's weird, weird, weird vibes here. I think here, John. Uh, first of all, man, how's show? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. How was your weekend, man? Uh, how how does everything going? It was pretty good. I went to a princess breakfast on Sunday, which is something you do when you have a little I don't, a child. I don't want I don't want to <laughs> be specific about it. Any anybody wants to go to a little princess thing, uh, and that was interesting. A uh, thing that was not cool about it: there was an adult man by himself, dressed like Tony Stark, not Iron Man. Tony Stark. Like he had like the glasses and like the the arc reactor sitting by himself at a table, and he waited until the end to get a picture of the Disney princesses. He was not breaking a law, but uh, I didn't stop looking at him the entire the entire time, making sure that wasn't didn't like it, didn't like it at all. What, what, what did you do, Dad? <laughs> uh, I did nothing. Um, if you, I don't know how well it's coming through in the audio. I can't really tell at this point. I am coming off of a cold um, that struck my house that struck my household last week, and. I'm going to the mute button is going to be my friend. You might see me go off camera if you're watching the live stream a bit as I try to blow my nose or pretend not to hock up some sort of cough. But I'm, I'm which you should do because we're live Monday every night, every Monday, 830 <laughs> on Twitch.tv slash RFK Refugees. If yeah. you want to see Ted cough, it's the only place you can do it. <laughs> I don't know who would want to see that. Um, I have no idea who would who would who would want to see that niche ever. niche content. For yeah, sure. right. yeah, niche content, maybe somewhere. I'm not sure where, but <laughs> Just coughs.com. Jeez, you brought us down this weird path here, hey, John. This is the world that we're in. We live this. Open this is, up this show. I'm, I'm real, Ted. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's uh let's jump right into it. Yes, I spent the whole weekend. I had lots of plans for the weekend that all got shot when I got sick. Um, and so I just stayed on the couch and watched soccer, which I'll admit, not a not a bad way Good to consolation. Did you watch F1 on Sunday? I did watch F1 on Sunday. I watched F1. I didn't I watched I, I didn't get to, but I, I watched the end. I watched Checo Perez win, which was which is awesome because we have you know my wife is Mexican, so she has become a big F one fan. Uh, I think purely because of Checo Perez, even though she won't say that officially, I'm sure. Um, and uh, watching Max Verstappen sulk around at second place was quite hilarious. Um, lots of drama. Red there. Bull's overpowered, man. They I'm, are. I hate it. <laughs> It, the, today was kind of this race was kind of funny because you you kind of just knew because uh and we're, this is not this is now an f1 podcast by the way yes, thanks for joining by the way. thanks for joining <laughs> thanks for joining but uh you just kind of knew he was going to make a comeback because the uh red bull car is so good um but i think it was kind of hilarious to watch like i think everybody was kind of hoping for like what would happen what happens when checo perez and max verstappen are like within a second of each other like does it hold off and apparently Checo was like i'm not giving this up i'm using the full power of this car to to keep ahead of you and it worked he won the race so good for him but but max got the fastest lap on the last lap he did they, they were they were trading it and i think eventually the team was like look just take off take off and i think eventually they just gave up and was like all right you know you guys do what you want to do we have lost half of our live viewers by yep. the way yep uh, sorry okay. tough luck <laughs> so we'll get it it's back like, we'll it's talk a new passion we'll talk we'll talk soccer we'll talk soccer let's get into it dc united three two loss uh, to uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know how many people we're gonna get because of uh, three two loss, but we're gonna we try got, it. We got some. We're gonna try to bring people back. We did get some back. I think as soon as I walk in, and talk about DC United losing, people <laughs> come back. Hate watchers, all of you. Uh, DC United three uh-huh. two loss to uh, New York City FC. Let's let's start. I guess with how I guess everybody felt how you felt about this game. Um, 
how I felt about this game. Weird vibes, I guess, all around. Like the first half, I think everybody was ready to start talking about Wayne Rooney, potentially this not working out. I think this this first half was all of the fears of kind of what we thought the season could collapse to. The team was slow to the ball. They looked like they were just getting beat. Um, and I think I said in the in the post game chat, I said, you know what? Uh, it's time to be mad at the teacher because I. I understand that Wayne Rooney was trying to impose this passing possession style. I'm not sure how well that works in um, in a the, what is the smallest field in North America uh, in at Yankee Stadium, which should not exist as a soccer venue in 2023, but it does in DC has to deal with it. John, what are your thoughts? Am I being too harsh on Rooney, or was it more what he thought about, which was the team was I mean, not performing? Wait, yeah, Wayne wanted to sub off the entire team which should tell him something about the, the team that he selected, right? Uh, and on the way that he set them out. So I think there there is a little bit of that. Um, I think as mad as you can be about Wayne for the first half, you have to give him credit for the second half. The players and Wayne. So the, the substitutions that happen at halftime, which we'll talk about, uh, flipped the game on its completely on its head. Everybody always talked about Ben Olsen and his inability to make uh, subs that altered the game. And we always said, too, like, look at the bench. Who was he going to bring in? He brought in a, a guy who had never played before in MLS. He brought in, you know, no players that were really considered to be, you know, impact players specifically. And uh, the game turned around completely because of their energy and, and sort of the, just a shift. So you got to be happy about that. But there, I would say on the whole, I was surprised to have been uh, not upset by a 3-2 loss because I feel like there's a lot of extenuating circumstances, the field being one of them the fact that they were so flat for a half that the fact that they got close at all says something about their fight and about mm-hmm. the team's capabilities as a whole. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I, unlike Orlando city fans, I am, I am slow to judgment on this particular situation because uh, you know, we're, we're in the situation we're in from a roster's perspective and injuries keep happening. Pedro Santos limps off a guy that we probably couldn't afford to lose uh to be tbd on how long he's out he was driving his car today on instagram so he's either he's either fine or he isn't <laughs> based, based on that information yeah i would say that says nothing about and uh, it opens up some question marks i think uh, both uh both uh giazzi and uh and pedro santos went off with injuries and they are presumably your left wing back depth i want to talk about the right wing um uh, because i think this was we, we talked about um the fact that uh, Ruan is sort of taking over for the injured Andy Nahar. And this was a moment, I think, for him to sort of maybe stake his claim. Um, Nahar's out for at least a couple more weeks, I think. I'm not sure what the status is of his injury right now. I think they said a couple weeks, so probably will be out, maybe come back beginning of the year. Uh, so maybe he's out next week. Um, this is sort of a chance for him to stake a claim and say, hey, I, I can be a starter for this team. Um, he was fine, I guess, the first match. Don't really have too many complaints about how he played against Orlando. Um, he was absolutely atrocious against NYCFC. He was, I think, at fault for the first goal. He gets caught. He gets caught out. Doesn't check back. Uh, opens up a, a, the right side. And on the, uh, I believe, on the second goal, I think he's sort of playing uh, the attacker on side. I think also on the on the uh, on the left side, they get DC again gets caught up. Really, not a good night for the wingbacks. I don't think Mo had a particularly good game either. They were caught up several several times, and uh, basically each of the the so New York played sort of a four two three one, and they just told their probably just told their two sort of wingers out there on each end 
just stick in in between basically the wing back and the center back. We win the ball. You're going to get a pass and you're going to have an open opportunity on goal. And New York City FC just hit that every single time. And we're extremely successful with it. Yeah, I, I, those are those are flaws that were were definitely exposed to your to your point. Ruan will start again. I think there's no doubt about it based on what they paid for uh, him as a starter. He's more experienced, uh, you know, and we can talk about the subs in the second half. But uh, uh, both 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 wing backs are both, you know, outside backs have not proven their best other than any Nahar. Uh, and unfortunately, now uh, we'll see. We'll see what the injury report looks like this week. It'll have a lot of names on it. Uh, and there aren't a lot of names to uh, backfill those names. So Hayden Sargis, unpack your bags once again. You've made the you've made the 18 uh, for the next game. Uh, but yeah, man, it is a it was a it's a walking wounded situation, I think, in this game. Yeah, um, I mean, we talk about Pedro Santos. Is he hurt? Who knows whether he's going to be back up? Uh, Mohamed uh, Jazzy also went off, I think, with an injury. Hopefully that's precautionary. Mikel Akimboni, I think. Starts in there. Donovan Pine still has not played a minute. Um, he looks so sad when they when they, the the camera panned over him as uh, as Jacob Green came on. No, as Akamboni came on, he's like, "Man, I'm really I'm really at the bottom of this <laughs> of this totem pole. <laughs> it is clear how low I am." Yeah, man. I mean, he's really gonna have to wake. I mean, so far Akamboni has not made a major mistake until Akamboni. Other than the penalty, the penalty he conceded was probably a major yeah, mistake. Yeah, but I mean, nothing. Nothing so horrible, no, nothing to the level of what we saw from Donovan Pines. And I really think that's what it's going to take. There were moments last season with Donovan Pines where you just kind of felt like he's not, something's happened to him or it's just, it was just such an awful mistake. That there's just no reason he should still be, uh, he should still be on the field. Um, so there are Donovan Pines truthers that claim that he's not playing because of injury recovery. So T- TBD, if that's the case, but it, it, it appears he's, He's fit for the 18, but he's not fit for playing on the field. Let's uh, let's get to the second half. I think the second half's a little bit was sort of a like you talked about the team sort of fought back um, and it starts with uh, three subs. So you have Jacob Green come in. You have um, Pedro Santos come in for Roberta. I think I think Roberta is is on borrow time at this point. Um, he just, is who we thought he was. Yeah, just not meshing well. Take you to Pietro has effectively taken a spot. Um Looks like, you know, I, I think first of April was sort of when Taxi's going to come back. So I think he slots into his position. Um, very clear he is there right now because there was no other forward depth on this team. Um, but his stock is very, very sharply falling after a sort of what, what people described as sort of a strong first game. Um, it seems like there are better, better avenues out there. And you can tell that Wayne Rooney definitely... Uh, Kick, kicked some rears and got some players in gear because they came out flying in that first half. And I thought sort of a second half and I thought sort of doing um, doing what I thought they should have done, which is move the ball quickly, get it up, get a cross in, get a shot. Don't try to pass it around. You need to move the ball quickly and, and generate some chances and generate some opportunities. And they play and it starts with a, a really nice ball from Victor Paulson. I think we've, we've now confirmed um, his, his, Whatever strengths he has as a center back, uh, his strengths are better utilized in the center um, center defensive midfield, and sort of you know migrating in that position and sort of moving um, and sort of being able to be move around the field and uh, and actually you know intercept balls, make tackles, 
do those types of things. And, and then, he, then he has also has an ability to pick a pass and he picks a beautiful ball to me as T.S. Click who crosses the ball in Benteke shows shows the ability of what we've been seeing and had the ball in the back of the net. Um, th- thoughts, yeah. on, thoughts on the subs, thoughts on anything else. The, sub, the subs were fantastic. Uh, uh, Matthias Clicks, who was, again, not really seen as a facilitator when he was brought here. Uh, his role was kind of un, uh, unknown. Uh, the man, the man dunked it. Uh, the man, the man has uh, two assists, I believe, already with his goal. Uh, so I, I think you can't be anything but happy there. Jacob Green played very, very great, very, very good for a mm-hmm. first, uh, a first appearance. Uh, and I think uh, Matai got the broken nose, so now he is now bled into the DC United <laughs> gang. He, uh, he, he, uh, he got the Daniel Willard treatment, so now there will be a picture somewhere. Although he, he did not look as cool as Willard did with his blood. Uh, Matai looked a little more uh visibly in pain and not really and not dealing with it quite as well but hey i would probably look the exact same as that was going on paulson again uh not a center back defensive midfielder for sure um iceland has called him back in now he all of a sudden hit his peak form so that's great uh we'll see we'll see if he keeps it once he comes back i think that that is uh somewhat of a selection issue uh for wayne and that canals is going to have to Take one for the team to have that work out because because Click is not leaving and Durkin's not leaving. Um, so uh, <laughs> the one po- the one spot on the field where uh, Wayne is spoiled for choice is uh, the middle of the field, which is what we knew at the beginning of the year when it started. So yeah, and and you know the positive of the second half they did win the second half, which is good. Um, and I think really the only other negative I guess would be with, with Green. I think Jacob Green again gets kind of caught up. Um, a dispossessed uh, Durkin loses the ball. Not a strong game from him. Not a strong game from Canals. He was also subbed out. I think for Paulson. I, I think maybe if you're if you're Wayne Rooney, you're maybe looking at this New York game. You know, Canals has had some good games. He's had some up and down games. I wonder if uh, maybe this might be a game where Wayne Rooney starts to think about you know what he has. He's going to have to stick with Canals. Obviously, Victor Paulson's going to be away, uh, but coming back in April, um, we'll see. Um, I think Victor Paulson definitely played himself with that second half performance, sort of played himself back into uh, back into consideration. Um, Durkin on the right side gets dispossessed on the third goal. DC gets exposed again, same location. So I'm going to have to give uh, Green a little bit of a knock there. Um, I think he did well enough. He did well enough in the avenues that he seemed more. Ruan seemed very much like he was. He wanted to push forward. He wanted to make the moment and. Green seem more, more more focused on. I will push forward if I feel like it, or if I think that there's an opportunity. But I'm I'm going to err on the side of. Also, you know, I'm going to err on the side of caution and and stay back because I know a, a it, honestly different scenarios too because you know a, a third goal would be a backbreaker and that's ultimately what happened. Uh, but again, like you talk about DC fights back goal from Birnbaum over the top. We haven't talked about Steve Birnbaum. Mm-hmm. How much I, I kind of excluded him from my blame here. Like, do you do you place any blame on any of the three goals on him? Uh, trying to recall. No, I don't think so. Not like not like uh, last weekend where he was folded like a lawn chair and conceded a goal. Yeah, uh, but no, I don't really think so. I think that the uh, every season has to have a villain, right? The fans have to have a particular villain. He's this he's this year's main character uh, so far for for a lot of DC United fans, and I don't necessarily see it so much here. I think that the the failures were elsewhere on the field, and that's going to be the case sometimes. 
the it, transition defense and and sort of have, having your shape be pulled out of uh, out, out of sorts is is what caused it here uh, in New York. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Wayne Rooney is going to have to solve this in some way. Um, whether it's di- a different defender, I, I, someone had brought, brought up Brendan Heinzike, and I honestly forget sometimes that he is still on this roster. Um, I think he's still out for at least a month or two. Um, and we'll see how quickly he gets up to fitness, but you know, either some other defensive change or there has to be a mentality shift, I think with the wing backs, because I think DC is going to get exposed when they get pushed up, um, with this sort of pressing style and sweeping style they want to do. They're going to get exposed and they're going to get exposed a lot. And I think it's a matter of how do you adjust this team defensively to maybe be a couple steps back where they can recover better, um, get that organization. And a lot of it, I think a lot of it is justified with Birnbaum because he is supposed to be the captain and he is supposed to be the organizer out there. And we have seen time and time again, I've talked about this on the show. He has not shown that ability. He needs somebody else to be that organizer. And I, I doesn't seem like from what we've seen that, Derek Williams is is willing to assume that role. Maybe that changes, but um, I think, you know, he needs to become that organizer and maybe, so maybe I do push a little blame on him because maybe he's the guy who should be, you know, telling guys to stay back or, you know, trying to organize that defense. Um, I don't know. It's just never been him. Yeah. Just never if, if it's not him at this point, it's not him, right? He's been in the league plenty of years now. Yeah. So, I guess we ended this league another loss. We are still four points out of the out of four games, so one one point per game. Not great. Not gonna do it. Not gonna not gonna not, not gonna cut the mustard. But you know, you can argue a couple difficult stretch of games at Toronto. Toronto's got insignia, got a lot of money spent on that roster, um, and we managed to pull out a dramatic win. Uh, and then you look at the next two games: Columbus, very good team. That was their home opener. Um, they were obviously going to be very tough to beat. Uh, then you have Orlando again, that, that was maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity. Maybe you could have seen get more out of that game. Um, and then you can of course have at, uh, at New York, uh, which of course was played at Yankee stadium, which is a, an abomination of a field that should not exist as a soccer field in 2023. Again, not saying DC shouldn't have done better, maybe in the, especially in that first half, but eh, you know, maybe you, maybe you, you pass that off a bit coming up now. And I think I, I said, all right, what are the next games? And I looked at the schedule and I said, Ooh, this is a uh, this is going to be a pretty stretch. I'm, I've highlighted six games, three of which three of the six, uh, which are both on the road, which are one two road and one at home on the road against Chicago on the road against Montreal. Both are winnable games. And then, of course, then you're at home to Charlotte, which should be a winnable game. I wish that Charlotte game was a little bit sooner, maybe not next week because they actually got a win. Um but those are some winnable games. Your tough games are only really one on the road against Orlando. And then you have home against Columbus and new England. In my mind, this is a stretch where I think you're going to find out sort of where this team fits. I think there's a winnable stretch. I think Chicago look cooked 7,000 fans at at soldier field. They had a 3-1, eerily similar game, eerily similar to what happened in D.C. against Austin. Up two goals, cruising, thinking, okay, this is the game. We're going to turn ourselves around. And they don't lose. So I guess that's one bonus point for them. They, they managed to hold on to the point. But uh, an absolute collapse from them. They're cooked as far as I'm concerned. They, they look like they have absolutely no hope out there. Um, I don't want us to be the team that gives them the hope, I guess, is my concern. But I, I think a pretty crucial stretch of games. Am I exaggerating a bit? Or do you think 
this is where maybe kind of we learn where this team stands. I, I mean, just in general, I think that that's 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 always a good. Uh, I'm trying to think if these three games were especially impossible. I mean, I, I think Toronto has not come out of the gates even with Insigne. Mm-hmm. I think, he, by the way, who is rumored to want to leave already and go to Turkey? So that's <laughs> that's positive. That's hilarious and awesome. Um, New York City away was always going to be what it is. I think that that's you could just chalk that up as a loss almost always. But yeah, this is this this turn. It, it's hard to again judge the team how it's going to go right there because you've got injuries to these key positions. Uh, Bent, here's what I want to see through this through this relation. I want to see uh, less goals conceded. Yes, I think that that you know regardless if we stop scoring, like I would like to see us stop giving up multiple goals every game. That would be number one. If we don't stop scoring, I would like to see Benteke continue to do exactly what he's doing. I don't care that he can't dribble with the ball. I don't care that he's not going to make his own opportunities. I want him to finish, convert uh, one one of those one of those chances every time he gets three or four. Yeah, and that's that's that that is he's he is the attacking focal point until Taxi gets back, which should be theoretically uh, not the next game, but the game after that. That's the that's the possible outcome. Uh, so he can count on getting those opportunities. And as long as he continues to get them, and if he converts one of them, then I have no more qualms with him. And then I want to see Ted Kudipietro keep his level up. Mm-hmm. I think he is, we, we talked at the beginning of the year, who is the third offensive weapon going to be? It can't just be Benteke and, and Taxi. It's got to, you've got to have a third threat. We thought maybe it was Martin Rodriguez, then he tore his ACL. Uh, Mateus Click is not really that guy. He he is the guy that gets it to the weapon, and you got to have those. But I feel like Ted Cudipietro right now is playing his way into it. Uh, there are naysayers that are saying we're jumping too too fast, and we certainly are. But if you're looking at who's on this roster, he's the most dangerous player that isn't being paid uh, five million dollars or whatever it is, whatever it is that uh, Taxi's being paid. And, and and you know what what Ted Cudipietro brings? You talk about the three attackers. Benteke is a, you know, physical specimen. He's going to hold up the ball. You know, there's a ball up in the air that's within his reach. Very few defenders in this league are going to be able to get to it. He should be able to get to it. So you you expect goals from him in that regard. Taxi, Taxi Funtas is a guy who will be energetic. He's going to move. He's going to find the right channels. He's going to shoot the ball. What DC has been missing I think honestly, since Kevin Bredis is a guy who can, who's willing to take guys out on the dribble, who's willing to, and we nearly, we nearly saw it. What yep. really got me to say, this this kid is cooking up something special. He had another opportunity. His second game, he's had an opportunity where you can make an argument he could, he should have three goals now in the year. Um, he had a moment where he sort of took the ball on sort of a side hop and just kind of like powered it, and it was a, it was it was a good save. But those are the types of things. The guy that's willing to uh, to try stuff mm-hmm. is something that I a quality I see in him that gets me really really excited. And why I think if he continues the trajectory he's going on, and he maybe puts you know starts to put a couple more of those in the back of the net, he's going to get some good opportunities now. I, I think it's pretty clear now he is he's in the starting lineup. So you get he's going to get more opportunities. He's making the he's making something of those opportunities. I, I gotta say, guys, enjoy him. Enjoy him now because I'm getting I'm getting massive Kevin Paredes vibes from him. People say, well, you know, I think he's still behind Kevin. I say we were th- kind of thinking 
around this time that like, oh, Kevin, he looks kind of good. And then it was really sort of about April, you know, March, April. We're like, oh, this guy's going to be here forever. And then he was sold. I think we need to have the same sort of things. I don't think I don't think Ted gets sold in the summer, but I'm thinking next January, if he continues to have a Kevin Paredes type of year, I think he's gone. I really do. And I think we need to enjoy him while he's here because he is absolutely flying this year. And I think it's going a little bit under the radar right now. And I think if the team starts to put together wins and he starts to be contributing in those wins, either assists or goals, you're going to start to see more and more, uh, more and more smoke coming his way. Yeah. And product is certainly the thing that's yep. missing still. So if that's if that's added in, and that was the same with Kevin, right? Yep. I think Kevin was on the Schneid. He could not score, and then he scored, and then he's couple scored a couple more times. Yep. Uh, so just uh, yeah, enjoy. Like you said, enjoy it. He's certainly going to be. If I get a jersey this year, certainly going to be the guy I get on the. I, on the I already chose. I already chose Click. I was debating between Ted and, and then I chose Click, and and now I kind of regret that decision. Uh, hey. But- Sometimes is what it that's is. The way it goes. Another guy who might be on. Uh, do uh, anything else we want to wrap up on? No. Nope. Uh... Let's talk about this other jersey that no one should buy. <laughs> do not buy this jersey. If you do, I will laugh at you if I see you at Audi Field. Uh, Lewis O'Brien. Uh, the loan has now been made official. We now actually have a defined date on when he'll be here. Loan runs through July 16th. So conceivably, you know the the date the Nottingham Forest will be sort of in the beginning of their preseason. Twenty games. 20 games presently. So if he started, if he made the team tomorrow, which he doesn't because he needs his visa, needs his visa, be 20 games. So theoretically, let's hope 18, maybe if things aren't so quickly at the State Department, maybe 17 games. We'll see how quickly that comes up. My hope is, is that it seemed like this deal was done for a very long time. My hope is, is that maybe they got some sort of quick, you know, rush. I don't think so. You really think they started the paperwork right now? Until until they have a signed document, he's not he doesn't have a legal working reason to be here. So that until that contract was signed, you don't think though that they signed. They were already doing the medical. You don't think they signed that document and then waited a few weeks to actually have the. I don't. Okay. I think they can. I think they could pay for an expedited visa, which we've talked about on the show before. It costs more money. I certainly hope they would do it, considering the time frame. It's like the Jao Felix loan for Chelsea, where he got a red card and. Uh, it made the loan like much more expensive because of three games he wouldn't play because he was only there for 14 games to save the season. Uh, Lewis O'Brien is here. Let's talk about what this loan is. This loan is a cha- is a opportunity for this player to play anywhere uh, over this course of the next six months or however many months it is until July. It's not six months, not even close to six months. Uh, it is a uh, chance for him to know he's probably going to be in the starting lineup every week. And it is temporary. The loan is as an option to buy, uh, but uh, the last we heard as when he was rumored to go on loan to Southampton, was that where it was going to? No. Blackburn. What was it? Blackburn. It was, his value was around $10 million. This team paid somewhere, we don't know yet, that would be another team record. Christian Benteke was the previous record. We still don't know exactly what that dollar amount was. Do Can you see this team in the middle of the season with Wayne Rooney leaving at the end of the season most likely? Paying ten million dollars for this player who no one has heard of, <laughs> unless you're—I mean, people have heard of—he's a—he's a—he's a like a, a tweener on a on a on a in between Premier League and Championship roster. So real heads will know, but certainly that is a big spend to make on a player that is not going to move any sort of gate whatsoever. What do you what do you put the likelihood of this being exercised as a buy option? Uh, zero. I, I'd say right. I'd say the one. 
I could the the one thing I could see is he's doing well here. He he's you know DC is flying up the table. Best case scenario, we get to July. He goes and Nottingham says, "Look, we really don't see a place for you here. You know, we're willing to entertain another loan somewhere else." And he says, "You know what? I'm comfortable here. I'm playing well. Let me kill it here for the for the remaining remaining of the year." I go back to to Nottingham and then you find me something else in January, some sort of sell option at that point, I think. Could see I could see this extended to the end of the year if, if it's going well. And if and if yep. he's if he's comfortable and if he likes it here. I mean, is, is playing in MLS really such a downgrade from the championship? Not according to Mateus Click, who had an interview this week saying the best MLS teams would be fighting for promotion in the championship. So yeah. that's about I think that's about where realistic fans place. Uh, these clubs. Yeah. So. so why, I mean, if you're comfortable in lightening up and you're maybe, you know, there, there were other teams in the premiership that were interested in him. If they're really, I think it's going to depend on what Nottingham Forest sees as his future. If they say, come back in, we want you back. We think we're going to, you're going to have play a role in here in this team. Great. Um, I will say it's not, it's not a great look that I think the team, the team was struggling, was struggling. Nottingham Forest were struggling. And now they've sort of put themselves with a fighting chance. I haven't looked at the latest premiership standings and obviously they're, they're near the bottom, uh, but starting out the year, they were very much struggling. And I think that's what sort of forced this move for Lewis O'Brien back to the championship. It obviously fell through. Um, and I think what they view him as sort of an asset that they can sort of sell at some point uh, at this point. So I, I think it is positive for DC for him staying the rest of the year that the team sort of realized that maybe he wasn't good enough to sort of support their, premiership team that they then had to loan him back or had to loan him to the championship some other place but positive positive for dc we'll see it, it depends on how he plays if the, if, the, if he goes tiago mata and lights everything up then he might be back in nottingham forest's squad for preseason we'll see yep the the prem is bizarre this year uh from the 12th spot which is crystal palace who just fired <laughs> their manager uh is at 27 points and uh, the 18th spot is at 24 points. So you have half the league at threat of relegation Yeah, at this point in the season. So uh, don't count your chickens before they're hatched if you're any sort of EPL fan, unless you're, uh, you know, I, the big the big, the, the big clubs. I, I, I will say, I think we should be rooting for Nottingham Forest to stay up another year in their premiership. Because I think if they go, if they go down, I think you see them say, Lewis, come on back, buddy. <laughs> come yeah, on back. You're, you. This you're, is- <laughs> you're, 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 a, you're a fulcrum. You are a fulcrum now of our of our championship team and getting back into the premiership. Yep. So I think we should be rooting for Nottingham Forest to stay. To do stay. not get his jersey. Please yes. don't, people. Don't do it. I mean, do spend your money. Yes. Certainly. Give the team your money if you want to give it to them, but just yep. be smart. Worth mentioning, uh, the team's still scouting. The window closes on April 24th. I think last we heard it was Portugal and France. So getting those miles in, we'll see. They've got one more international slot. We still have no, by the way, no news on what's up with uh, Mr. Ravel Morrison and his contract and everything. He's hanging out in with yeah. the Jamaican national team. So, yep, no word on what's going on there. Uh, so, I imagine DC has to go. Be very. I was. I was very curious if we'd hear about a buyout, a contract buyout. I'm curious, like what what the split is on the loan. Is like, is it is. DC like on the hook for less of this loan, probably because he, you know, they just like, look, we need minutes for this guy. You guys are the only league that is remotely capable of having him. Um, so, and we weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's go to some bit of, uh, I think some news of interest, which just dropped today. Uh, Bill Hamid uh, is off to uh, Memphis 901, just signed for them. 
it, it, the team that Loudon United opened the season beating uh, on the road. So now Bill's going to fix it. He doesn't have any more. <laughs> loud, there's no more. There's no more DC United confliction now. He can go and play for them. Someone I, I was reading sort of like I, I clicked the, the Twitter thread just to read some of the comments of some fans. By the way, I'm a little worried about Memphis. They were like one of those teams that I thought would be one of those sort of strong USL championship teams. And then I looked at the crowd. Uh, speaking speaking of, was that a sellout for Loudon? It, they said it was. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Or close to one. By the way, before we move sus. to Loudon, and yeah, it is sus. But they, well, well, I want to talk like five seconds about Loudon at the end of this. Um, Memphis also had their supporters were not in their seats. They were under. It was raining during the Loudon game, so they were underneath the overhang. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, wow, you really, you guys really toughen it out of there. <laughs> you don't want to be. You know, oh, it's gonna really get rained on. Pfft, no way. I'm gonna be in the uh, in the concourse banging my drum. So yeah, Memphis, Memphis, Memphis has the you know leading scorer I believe from last year who had opportunities to go play in MLS and the league would the league, the team would not sell him. So you have a very annoyed, uh, very excellent forward. But I think Bill, I think Bill's gonna do great. I think this level, if provided he stays healthy and he gets his match fitness pretty quickly. I think he's out. I think he might start this weekend, actually. Yeah. Um, well, someone, I think someone back to my original point before I got sidetracked. Uh, so someone said, well, the team needs to improve the defense for him. And like, have you, have you watched DC United some years? Like there, there was no defense in front of him. That's how he, Bill lives, man. He doesn't know any other way. <laughs> he, he is a such a good shot stopper. He's a little bit slower, but I mean, I think he's such a good shot stopper. Uh, he doesn't really need a elite defense to be to be an elite goalkeeper. So um Make an open cup run, Memphis, please. God, yes. that would rule. That would be so awesome. They're they're selling his jersey. Go go buy that if you want to buy that. I think that this is going to be it's it's cool for Bill because he's going to be the centerpiece from a marketing perspective for this club. Yeah, and Bill, I think Bill, like you know, like, like a lot of other people, like many other people, likes to be loved and likes to be like you know, you know, given his given his flowers. So Memphis is Tim Howard, who owns partial uh, part of the Memphis club. Uh, they're they're making an investment here for a reason. So good for Bill. I think it's this is sort of perfect for him in this window in his career. So I'm happy for him. Yep. Very happy for him as well. Um, I think it's great for him. Um, we got another former player, which John told me to drop in. I have no info other than John told me to drop this in. Ola Kamara rumored to be going somewhere in Sweden. Um, is he Thank is, you. Is, uh, to Hocken, to Hocken, <laughs> the club that we were going to uh, sign that winger from that we de- never uh, signed yet. Yeah, uh, that's that's the rumor. Thank you to District Press and Ryan Kiefer for uh, scouring the Swedish corners of Twitter. <laughs> To find that news, insane to me. I think he just. I think he probably he probably wants too much money, and there's not a lot of clubs that are willing to pay him. Um, insane. Some of the clubs that need number nines. Uh, looking at like Nashville, is like one club I know that's been brought up. Hey, they need a number nine. I think like even like L L A has looked at needing a number nine. Um, so a lot of clubs need number nines. We we were looking maybe on the depth side of that, but uh, but we also need. We would also like one of those, please. Thank you. But I think with the salary, I don't, I don't, and I don't think Ola Kamara would want to come back to be a backup to Christian Benteke. Um, I think, he I think he's got a second career in mind. Yeah, this is a man. This is a man that sounds like he's like, if I'm not going to get what, what, what I want, I'm going to go begin my second career as a YouTube influencer, or whatever it is that he <laughs> wants to do. Uh, we had some international call ups. We have another. Um, we have another. Uh, Former alumna alumni Kevin Paredes getting called up to the USC twenties, so good for him. Hopefully, we see him. It seems like the despite him making appearances, he's been a sub, an impact sub in just about every single Wolfsburg game that I've been watching. So he's always 
coming off the bench. Uh, it seems like though he might be uh, get released for the U twenty World Cup. I think Wolfsburg honestly would probably welcome that. Um, I I think they are certainly they should loan him. They should loan if they're safe and next year they should loan him out to a Buntu team or someone fighting at the bottom of the table that's not them and give him 90 minutes and get, get those minutes on his legs hey man, for at least half a season. Hey, man, my uh, two Bundesliga side, Heidenheim, is currently uh, top of the second right now, I think, in the Bundesliga table and could get promotion. And I was I, I started a, a football manager save with them, and I immediately scouted like <laughs> Kevin Prentice to see if I could get him on loan. Uh, anyway, uh, fun times there. Uh, and also, current players, we obviously talked about Victor Paulson, but Christian Fletcher gets a call up to the U19s. I think that's just like a, just a camp, I guess, to keep guys fresh. I think there's a U17 World Cup. Also, I think there's a um, the U20s. Maybe they're looking at keeping some guys in case they have injuries and guys they need to call in. So good for him. He's playing up a little bit, which I think is good, a good sign. Uh, I didn't want to mention we have um, Daniel Barreiro and uh, Christian McCoon from the – I think I'm pronouncing, or pronouncing that right – from the New England Revs uh, also have call-ups. They will not be there. Uh, it's – I'm not sure how well they're starting, but so they will have two missing. I th- I think theirs might be a little more serious than ours. So just based off vibes and everything else. So the the Revs sold out their last home game, by the way, at at, uh, at Foxborough. Oh wow! So interesting, interesting, interesting to see that happen. I lost 14, money betting against them. Still at fourteen thousand at that. I saw fourteen thousand was the attendance. Maybe I'm for wrong. that game. Yeah. I don't know what the lower bowl seats at Fox are probably more than 14, but they need uh, a stadium. Know, maybe not. They need a stadium. By the way, I want to give a shout out. Um, FC Dallas. I feel like FC Dallas gets like they get sort of grouped into these teams that are like not doing a good job. I've watched an FC Dallas broadcast and I'm like mostly stadium filled. The atmosphere seemed pretty good. I think we need to start taking them out. I think as a market penetrator, maybe not, you know, penetrating the Dallas market. They are probably still lacking, but I think they, they, they were smart in how they've built out of that area, and I think they've grown around that sort of um, that Frisco, Texas area. I think there are people that still come out the games, and I think they've they've proven to be a fun team to watch. So, wanted to give a shout out to them. I was kind of just watching the, watching the MLS 360 program, um, so I found that interesting. MLS All Star Game. Let's see how much we want to we want to talk about. We want to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> Zero for me. I'll let you go. I have I do not want to say. Anything well, uh, so the the rumored and I think probably now confirmed. I think Wayne Rooney's confirmed it at a special meet and greet with the with the fans. Uh, maybe he wasn't supposed to do that. Uh, Danita Johnson was there. I wonder if Danita Johnson maybe had a little moment. <laughs> so no, 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 not yet. Can't do that yet. Um, or maybe he was told he could reveal it. Who knows? It was probably going to become public knowledge. Somebody was going to talk. Um, uh Arsenal, of course, the All-Star game will be at Audi Field. Arsenal will be the uh, All-Star partic- All-Star team. They're going back to the MLS All-Stars versus random European team format when they have done the Liga MX All-Stars versus MLS All-Stars. Of course, with League's Cup, I think they kind of felt that was redundant. And you know what? Fair. I, I think the the MLS Liga MX All-Stars was a fun, fun All-Star game. I think maybe three years in a row. I think this was kind of building up to the uh, to the All Star Game. I've been critical. I think there's a lot more MLS could do to make English fans uh, care a little more about this League's Cup. Um, I think in advertising the teams and everything else, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but I think w- w- with regards to the Arsenal MLS All Star, uh, it's fine. I think it's a it's a good event. I don't. I I think people to put too much put too much thought, I guess, into an All Star Game. Uh, All-Star game is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. If they keep the skills competition, I'm fine with it. 
keep the skills competition. That, they will. They gotta sell. They gotta sell more tickets to other day events. Yeah. Also, I mean, listen. Hey, you're bringing Kim Kardashian's favorite soccer team uh, to Washington <laughs> D.C. So this is clearly a, a great move on and off the field. I you can't can't miss. Yeah. No. It, it's, it's funny how it's funny how one good season for Arsenal changes the complexion of having Arsenal be the team that's coming here. Because then you're kind of like, oh, Premier League champions Arsenal potentially versus like cool team that uh, Europa League <laughs> Europa <laughs> League participant Arsenal. Yeah. Um, how, how times have changed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Very much how they've changed. You know, I, I think it's I think you get some people get caught. Like I said, get caught too much thinking about the game. This is fun. I think when you look at all star games across NHL and NBA and the NFL, like no one, no one really cares anymore about all star games. Like ratings have plummeted for the I think I read one article that like. Both the NHL and NBA All-Star games have plummeted in like viewership because basically with the invention of, you know, of streaming packages, you know, more nationally televised games, we can watch Kevin Durant play Kobe Bryant or play uh shoot, what century am I in? I can play um <laughs> play LeBron. We can watch Hakeem Olajuwon play Patrick <laughs> Ewing. Uh, can play, uh, you know, we can watch Kevin Durant play LeBron James, you know, on a weekday. And if it's on a local channel, well, then we've got an NBA league pass. We can watch it. So I think the sheen, the sheen of NBA of all-star games has very much gone away. And I think MLS does probably the best all-star game because they can pull from that international market. So you can see something where you can see, you know, MLS all-stars versus a top European team. And I, I think going, people say, well, they should just go back to doing the, um, to doing the the uh, the East versus West or international or no. do something, it would honestly I think it would kill. I can't imagine the guy would want to watch less than East versus West MLS All Star game. It would absolutely kill it. This at least presents something interesting. We get certain moments, man. People forget like we have the the best moment in the All Star game for me by far was when Bayern Munich came to play the MLS All Stars and Caleb Porter was on the bench and apparently, oh yeah. <laughs> That, if you haven't seen this, go like there's some video you can find of it. Pep Guardiola was so upset at the way the MLS All Stars were playing, and apparently, hard, re- which, which was hard by the way, they were <laughs> tackling and stuff. Yeah, uh, and basically refused to shake <laughs> Caleb Porter's hand at the end of the game. Uh, it is is by far one of the funniest moments of the All Star game, and I think that there's certain moments we've, we've gotten out of this that I think are a little underrated. Anyway, I'm fine with it. Keep it light. Don't try to, you know, if if you think too much about this or you try you try to draw too much from it, uh, then you just look like a fool, in my opinion. So keep it light. All right, uh, let's we got some questions. Let's get to the real speed quick speed questions. Speed questions. Esberg is Carl Robinson being. By the way, uh, join our Discord. The link is on our Twitter. These are where these questions are coming from, yep. and where we have uh, live chat discussions during games. Yep. Which we will do for both DC United and Spirit, unless maybe I'll do it from Spirit while I'm sitting in the press box. If I'm sitting in the press box, <laughs> who knows? Esberg uh, says, "Is Carl Robinson being brought in to have a coach ready if and when Wayne decides to leave?" The answer is yes, probably, probably, most likely. I, uh, we have no, we have no reason to say yes or no, but he's an MLS experienced manager. You know, years over, Vancouver would Vancouver fans would quibble with his. Uh, style of play and his competence as a manager, but I think from as a term of assistant coach who could step in should he need to in a short term basis, is he better than Chad Ashton? He is so fine. Yeah, I, I Chad, hope I, I hope he's a break. I, I I will say yes. I hope he's a break glass in case of emergency coach and not a 
he's going to take the reins. He is the defined coach who's going to take the reins once Wayne Rooney leaves. I hope there is somewhat of a search. Uh, oh, that's Mr. it. They should interview other other candidates. <laughs> Mister, Miss, yeah. Please don't repeat what happened last. Please, please don't. <laughs> uh, uh, Mister Oscar Perea, by the way, apparently is angering some Orlando fans. I say Orlando fans, just keep it up. Just keep it up. You're right. It is horrible. Oh, he's After horrible. Three yes. Games, end of year. Him. End of year. Just keep him till the end of the year. Then fire him. <laughs> then we'll take yeah. him. We'll take him right up. Um, yep. Jeff Wynn would love to hear your views on depth. Uh, now that we have seen 45 minutes of some of the homegrowns, maybe early, but first impressions, how's it versus prior years team is hung in without taxi. Good sign. Yeah. I think that the depth is certainly being tested very yeah. early here in a way that is, I don't want to say uncommon, but certainly is happening earlier this year than maybe it's happened in the past. I would say from a quick rundown, uh, Ted Cubietro uh, blowing, blowing the doors off it. Jackson Hopkins has not played as well as he did last season. Christian Fletcher has not been on the field very much. Matai Akambone, sample size too small, but looks pretty good. Jacob Green, same story. I think it's good and and uh, a good sign. Well, it's a, it's both a good sign that they're playing and they don't look out of place, but a bad sign that uh, it's not like there was other options they other than Donovan Pines that they that they looked the other they looked at them and then said no we're gonna go with the kid. It was they looked at them and they're like our. Hayden Sargis, can you play forward? No? All right, well, we're, I don't know. We're just going to put you guys in. Yamil Asad, when's the last time you played soccer? You know where Audi Field is, right? Okay, you're on the team. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, with Pedro Santos's injury, I think you maybe see Yamil Asad get the start. Um, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. Uh, um, it's likely. Yeah, certainly likely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... It's been it's been maybe a little better than we expected. I think we came in this year thinking it was going to be really rough. I I was looking at the homegrowns and I'm like, if we have homegrowns that are ready to step in and make significant contributions, then I was like, I was all for it. I think you know the first game I was like, oh, Christian Fletcher, Jackson Hopkins, boom, we've you know Tech UDPH, we've got it. Now it's like Tech UDPH, yes, not pump the brakes a bit on Jackson Hopkins and yep. maybe pump the brakes a little bit more on Christian Fletcher. Again, he's still young, uh, but I think he's, he's shown better than uh, I think Jackson Hopkins, to be honest. They got to play. Yeah. They got to play. And that's, I uh, think we've seen sort of Wayne Rooney, maybe in the first few games sort of establish of he trusts, he now trusts Ted Kudipietro. He's like, you've earned it. Yep. Other guys did not take the, he, and, and Ted Kudipietro grabbed that opportunity in that first game and we call it fortunate. He grabbed that opportunity, and I think it's it's going to take a much to get him to to, to reverse it. Red eighty eight GM, do we have one? Uh, his name's Dave yeah. Casper. <laughs> Correct, same guy what? that it has always been. It's very weird, and I want to bring a little bit of side note. Joe Lowry on Total Soccer Show talks about he's like, oh man, it's just like they don't have a GM. Wayne Rooney's just wilding. I'm like, Dave Casper's no. right there. He's been the GM for years. Did you forget about him? I don't know. I was just weird. I, I just I, I think I finally messaged him and he liked it. So maybe there'll be a change in there. I'm not sure. But uh, I was like, uh, dude, he's Dave Casper's right there. He's the one making the decisions. Yeah. Uh, who? Uh, F me gently with a chainsaw. I'm glad says. you said who that. You? Name, by yeah, the yeah. Way. yeah. I, I, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that uh, pile of plates teetering there. I forgot I should save them. Uh, who do you think is over or under exceeding your expectations so far? We already said Ted Kudipietro is exceeding our expectations who who do you think is uh is as under what you thought they would be performing i guess maybe maybe run after the last game i think maybe i would say mo mo jazzy mo i i think that he was he he came in with a uh very off a very good season in sweden he was he was you know playing for hammerby i believe uh, every week 
and you know talked up by Sean Howe as a, as a player that multiple teams were looking after. He has not looked. Uh, he's not done either of the jobs perfectly. He's not. He's not been so dominating as a as a forward pushing left back to like make you overlook sort of defensive frailties. He's not strong on the ball. Uh, he can be beaten for pace. So. I would say I, I've expected a little bit more out of him. Base, I believe he is also the highest paid left back in MLS. Yeah, so. he's been fine. Um, so, I mean, I think we expect a little bit more out of him. So I, I would classify him as disappointing. Uh, I think Matias Click, Christian Benteke, I've, I've sort of been whelmed, I guess, by them. They've met expectations. expectations. They, are, they are. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah. There's other two I think maybe that people would want to want to hear us talk about. Uh, and we'll... I guess the only other player would be Taxi Funtas, and he hasn't been, he has not been <laughs> incomplete. Incomplete, for sure. I w- we, d- we should do this every month. We should do this at the end of every month to sort of like check in where we, what our expectations are. Cause then what it's fun is that at the end of the year, there's, they're really wrong. It would be fun to go back and hear us like dogging really hard <laughs> one of those <laughs> players. It's always fun. Yeah. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.